Welcome back to the Getting Grit Podcast. I am Brad Pohl, your host, and this is where we tell the stories of sinners and saints. Sometimes we do not learn how arrogant, stupid, and unreasonable we really are until we are humbled by the grace of God. Experience alone can be a cruel taskmaster. When Tommy Nelson was a young Texas preacher, he said, Rarely does it seem that Christ will bypass either the needs of a man's sustainability or the needs of a man's spiritual stability for some greater good. More often, it seems that the man will always find himself inserted into the greater story in order to gain the gifts that he is lacking. And God's stories always seem to be about people, not so much about politics and the government surrounding them. Have you ever gone to one of those true life movies that had a powerful impact to you, but before you could really share what you got out of it, you needed time to reflect? Well, then consider the ancient tribes of Israel who lived in the land of Canaan and splintered with ten tribes going north while the other two stayed in the south. The northern ten tribes, often referred to as the Northern Kingdom or Israel, they existed as an independent state, and they no longer worshipped in Jerusalem. The story of the northern kingdom is much about how they lost their true faith to God and became an evil and adulterous population, and the many prophets who were sent there to try and call them back to God. The two tribes in the south are collectively referred to as the southern kingdom, or as Judah. The southern kingdom had their own good and bad issues as well, at times following God and a lot more times not. But this short history lesson begins in the northern kingdom, referred to as Israel, in the great city of Nineveh. Nineveh became the most populous city in the region and was situated on the east bank of the Tigris River around present-day Mosul, Iraq. The power in that region during the 8th century BC was the Assyrian Empire. At first they ignored Nineveh, but eventually the lure of its wealth was too attractive. Around the year 721 BC, the northern kingdom of Israel fell to the Assyrian armies. Some of the people were taken away as captives, but many stayed as slaves. Nineveh then became the capital of the Assyrian Empire, and it was during this time, near the end of 8th century BC, that the prophet Jonah came to them. Jonah prophesied, unless they repented, God would destroy them. They listened, and their city was saved. However, Roughly 110 years later, and 310 miles to the south, another twist in the story of man and God is brewing in the city of Babylon, where a powerful kingdom is rising up. They will eventually march north and sack the city of Nineveh, utterly destroying it and conquer the Assyrian Empire. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Babylonian Empire, will transform his great imperial city of Babylon into the region's capital. In an early 6th century BC, Babylon will march against the southern kingdom, called Judah, conquer them, and drag them into slavery. So all of the twelve tribes lose Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, their holy place of worship, and have been dragged into slavery. They will never fully recover as an independent nation until after World War II in 1948, when the Allied powers establish the independent state of Israel. In this context, we consider the story of Jonah, as Dr. Jordan Peterson tells it. Jonah is just minding his own business, and the voice of God comes to him and says, You have to go to this city, Nineveh. They've strayed off the path, and if they don't repent, I'm thinking I'm going to have to wipe them out. 
but you could go there and tell them to straighten out, and maybe I won't have to do that. So Jonah considers his options, because there's like 150,000 people in Nineveh, plus they're his enemy, and he's supposed to tell how they're misbehaving, and somehow this is going to work out well for him. He says the hell with that. But he doesn't say what he has to say, right? He doesn't accept the responsibility of telling others the message that God has given him to tell them. So he hops on a boat to get away. Turns out that God's not so happy with him. Because when God has something for you to say and you don't say it, it stands to reason that the whole ship you're standing on is likely to perish. A crazy tragedy arises in a storm, and the sailors know that something or someone is not right with God on their boat. To his credit, Jonah does come forward and admits his guilt, but the men of the ship have no recourse but to throw Jonah overboard into the storm. Jonah's drowning. Things could not be worse. But then a big fish swallows him whole. Carlo Broussard makes the point that immediately after we're told Jonah was swallowed by the whale, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet you brought up my life from the pit. Sheol and the pit are terms that are used for the realm of the dead. Therefore, it would seem Jonah was dead in the belly of the big fish. Yet God raised him from the dead because God always finishes his stories. Tim Gray and Curtis Martin argue in their book, Boys to Men, the transforming power of virtue is that values fall short when it comes to making men moral. Having good values is a fine thing, but the battle of morality is not so much about knowing what is right as it is doing what is right. Values are easily gained and lost and can be explained in words, but virtues, on the other hand, require work because they must be lived out. As Peter Kreft writes, We are tempted to live in our imaginations, subconsciously thinking we have fasted, prayed, or even committed acts of charity simply because we have read books about such. We cannot do this with the story of Jonah. While this age of unreason calls this story impossible, God invites us to live out the resurrection. When the whale vomited up Jonah on the beach, Jonah stood and stepped into the heart of God and finish the story. In the book of Matthew, the scribes and the Pharisees asked for a sign that Jesus was the Mashiach, the Anointed One, the One who would save the people. He answered, An evil and an adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Ain't it so? This is Gittin' Grit signing off. Blessings to you all. Dominus Vobiscum.